gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Yankston. Today, oh today, do I got some interesting things I want to talk about. No, it's not going to be the orthodox, more traditional layout of my podcast. Between today and tomorrow, we're going to be covering the entire awards landscape. Yes. We have less than a month to go before the postseason, and that means that every single prediction and rumor and gut feeling is going to be ramping up on the MVP, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Head Coach, all these spectacular awards. So, in today's podcast episode, I'm going to be doing and breaking down the MVP and Rookie of the Year candidates and who I believe are going to be the top ones because NBA.com released their top, like, top five, top ten. So, I'm going to break that down. going to break it down. I'm going to give you my opinions on it, right? But I'm also going to give you my list. I'm going to let you guys know my raw opinions, my thought-out opinions, and everything else like that for both MVP and for Rookie of the Year. So, again... Today, tomorrow, we're just going to be cranking out all of these. I just want to focus on MVP and Rookie of the Year of today. Then tomorrow, we'll go into six-man. We'll then go to head coach of the year. We'll go into all those other awards. Depoy is also something very interesting to me. I guess I could cover in today's podcast episode, but I really just want to keep it between MVP and Roy. Or rookie of the year, right? So, with that being said, y'all know where to find me. Courtsaheat.com. Look, guys, we're having a banger of articles coming out. That's where our podcast is at. That's where everything is at. I would highly recommend reading my opinion piece on why Devin Booker will always be the first option. And I answer the question, can Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving play together? So, go, guys. Ugh, I can't speak today. So, guys, go check that out. Y'all will not want to miss that. And besides all of our heavy hitters, we also have a lot of cool articles, up-to-date articles on Andrew Wiggins being still being away from the Warriors, but the Warriors believe that he can make a return before the end of regular season. Zion Williamson expected to return during the season. I got the updated NBA 2K23 player rankings or ratings. So if you guys have a certain player you like or a certain team, go check that out. I was actually kind of surprised real quick. I do just want to mention, I was kind of surprised by some of them. Not all of them, but some of them I was like, okay, that's respectable. Like Damian Lord, okay, Kyrie, okay. 
Like when I saw those ratings, so something cool, nothing um, explanatory on that and on the site, just giving you a comprehensible breakdown from NBA 2K. So guys, with that being said, you know what to do on this website. You know that you can find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash courtsideheat, instagram.com slash courtsideheatNBA, facebook.com slash courtsideheat. You know where to find us on social media. And on any podcasting app, just put on our name, listen there, boom, bada, bang. You guys will not want to miss that. Also, can I just say that the Milwaukee Bucks had a really rough upgrade. Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis, and Pat Connington all went down. All three of those dudes went down in overalls. Now, I get that was like minus one to minus two, but still. Anthony Edwards took a hit. Uh, Tarney Prince took a hit. George Randall, Manuel Quickly, uh, they got boosted. Obi Toppin, shout out Gilgit Alexander. Okay, Jalen Williams, he got a plus four overall. Keep that name in mind because while many don't know about Jalen Williams because he plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder, he's a very surprising player. And despite a tumultuous season by the team, his season has been skyrocketing in a potential candidate a potential series candidate to win Rookie of the Year. So I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. First, I'm going to get the MVP. But I'm just going down this list. Uh, Josh Kogi, plus two overall. Torrey Craig, Karen Payne, TJ Warren, all minus one. TJ Warren is really falling off. I get they had the bubble. They like that massive foot injury that kicked him out. Yeah, so you have like, then you have like Aaron Fox. You have good guys. But well, I don't know, if you guys got teams, go check it out. Trust me, you guys will not want to miss it. What we have from the Hawks, to the Warriors, to the Suns, to the Bucks, to the Jazz, to the Warriors, to all the teams, to all 30 teams, you do not want to miss it. I can guarantee you that. So, I'm just going to jump right into this episode. I want to jump right into MVP conversation. Because a lot of people have been saying, well, everyone's opinion on what an MVP is, is skewed. So when you hear most valuable player, when you hear MVP, what do you guys think of? What do you guys generally think of? Do you think of Nikhil Jokic? Do you think of LeBron James? Do you think of Steph Curry? Do you think of Giannis Antetokounmpo? Who do you think of and what do you think of? And this is all very critical. Do you think that an MVP is a player that has high-level stats, but it's not stat-stuffing to where it's only impacting him positively, but then now it's also impacting the team positively? So do you have a guy that's winning ball games in a meaningful way? Like Giannis, whose team is 48-19, or even Nikhil Jokic, whose team is 46-22. Or do we think of as like Jason Tatum, who's doing that too? Or maybe it's Joel Beer's team is ranked third in the East. Okay? Like, what do we think? Like, what's your definition of a MVP? What's your definition? 
And I think we have to understand that everyone's definition of MVP or Rookie of the Year or Head Coach of the Year or Sixth Man of the Year or Defensive Player of the Year, whatever the award is, the definition is going to be different. Here's my definition of MVP. It is a player who's performing better, exceptionally better than the entire league as a standout player that is also helping its team to victories that is just slaughtering the league, that is separating them from any other team or any other individual on those teams, and that is pushing them into a very promising and deep playoff run. And when you hear my definition, names like Jason Tatum, Giannis, um, Jokic, a lot of those guys are going to be popping out. You're going to be hearing guys like that. And even Joel B to a certain extent. So I want to review the list real quick that NBA came out with. The NBA.com came out with. And I already had my reserves. And before I talk about it on my website, I want to do it first on the podcast. So y'all can hear my thoughts audibly before you see it visually. Um, so, number one was Nikhil Jokic. I guess their last week's ranking had Nikhil Jokic as number one. Number two is Joel Embiid. He made a considerable jump because last week's ranking was number four. Number three was Jan's Antetokounmpo. Last week's ranking was number two, so he took a minor hit. Jason Tatum took a hit. Last week's rating was number three. The number five, Luke Doncic, he stays at last week's ranking number five. And then they have the next five going: Kevin Durant, Joyce Randall, Demontis Sabonis, James Harden, Shea Gilgeous Alexander. And let me just state this: I would rather have Devin Booker over Joyce Randall. And yes, we have to factor in that Julius Randle has played in more games than Devin Booker. And I'm fact-checking that right now because Julius Randle is not a special individual. He's a mediocre. And you're like, he's, he has a career high in points and rebounds. So? Like, what does that mean? I get that he's... I get that he's balling out right now. I guess he's played 70 games. So? Like, what does that mean? Those are impressive stats. That does not make you 7th on the list. I would take John Morant over Julius Randle. That's not saying much. I'm just saying that Julius Randle's not good. Yeah, Devin Booker's performing better than him. Plus, he's been in more meaningful games. Sure, he's played 30 less games, but factor in the injuries. Factor in everything else. So, I don't agree with Joyce Randall. Demond Sabonis, it's whatever. He, I get that he's leading the league and rebounding, and he's there. But I would take James Harden over him. I would take Shea Gilgeous-Alexander over him. I'm actually kind of shocked that Shea Gilgeous-Alexander makes 10th and not Devin Booker or John Moran or Donovan Mitchell, or any of those guys. So I find that very, very interesting. I find it very interesting. 
And I'm not saying that they're wrong because no one gives a crap about the next five. They only care about the first five. That's the only thing that everyone really cares about. Because if people gave a crap about the next five, then we would be doing a top ten list. And I'm not saying that these guys, except for Julius Randle, don't deserve to be considered. They do, but I find it kind of ridiculous when we have Devon Demonte Sabonis and Julius Randle ahead of Donovan Mitchell, John Moran, Devin Booker, and other very good names. So, if I, I do find that disrespectful. I find that disrespectful greatly. But let's start with Nikhil Jokic. I know many people are saying he's stat padding. And that may very well be the case. I get it, people are getting old and sick. They're getting sick. Of him winning MVP. Because if he wins MVP again, he'll have his first ever free peak. Um, and I don't... When was the last time we had a MVP free peak? Yeah, so here we go. Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, and Larry Bird. The only players to win the award in three consecutive years. So you're talking about that ending in 86. Because Bill Russell, 1960-63... Will Chamberlain nineteen sixty-five to sixty-eight, Larry Bird eighty-three to eighty-six. So everyone's looking at the historics behind it, the history behind this. That Nikhil Jokic has the greatest opportunity in his life and his career to become the fourth player to win free straight MVPs. Can he do it? Most certainly. And his twenty-four or eleven, ten is amplifying that. It's amplifying that. And, he, and you could say, well, he's stat padding. But fine, he's stat padding. But his team's 46 and 22. And you could be saying, well, you have Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gore, KCP, all these different guys. Okay. You're telling me that about the Joker, the Nuggets would be doing this well? It's great that Jamal Murray's scoring... Tw uh, 20 points per game and passing out six, uh, dishing out six pass, uh, six assists per game. And he's collecting four boards. That's fine. That's cool. I got nothing against that, but come on. The Joker's done more. Michael Porter Jr. has been real iffy. I guess he's averaging 17, 5 of 1. But you're telling me that if you didn't have the Joker on this team, or that your team will be in this type of position. I like Jamal Murray. I like Bubble Murray. But Bubble Murray, in this current age, Jamal Murray, is not averaging 24, 12, and 10 with one steal per game. And almost a block. I just... Look... I think the debate is between Joel Embiid and Nikhil Jokic. From a from a history perspective, and this going down in the books, I would want Nikhil Jokic to win. But, but, I would rather have Joel Embiid. I think he got robbed. Honestly, I think Joel Embiid got robbed last season. I'm going to be blunt. I am absolutely going to be blunt. I think we have to be blunt. I saw John Bede not only got robbed, 
but everyone was just trying to say that there was nothing shady going on. And I'm saying that. I am 100% saying that. I don't care what y'all think. Because it was close. It was close last season. Because last season, Nikhil Jokic averaged 27, 14, and 8. One and a half of steals and almost a block. Then you come around to Joel Embiid, 30 points, 11 or 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 half block. That should have been Joel Embiid's. And I don't care what anyone says, that should not have been the kill Jokic's. In fact, it should have been Joel Embiid's. So it should stop that one. Joel Embiid should have gone in, and now they're fighting for their second. That would have made a more compelling storyline. That would have made a more compelling headline. And that would have been something greater in this NBA season. But besides all of that, Embiid got robbed. The process got robbed. The Philadelphia 76ers, the NBA, watched and trusted in the process. And the process, in the end, got robbed. And I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, well, Joel Embiid didn't deserve much as Nikhil Jokic. For anyone that believes that, you, welcome to the party. I'm not a part of it. I'm not a part of the moron party, but... Welcome to the the many people that believe that narrative. So, you're saying to me that Joel B has a chance? He's outscoring the Joker by nine points. Exactly. He's, he's only two rebounds behind. Now, I get the assist is six assists behind. But. The quality, the quality that Joel and B has been putting out, I don't think there's a one and a two. I don't think there's a one and a two. I'm going to be frank with y'all. There's not a one and a two. There's a one A and there's a one B. But those lines are being blurred. Those lines are being blurred where there's just one and one. Nikhil Jokic and Joel Embiid are one of one. Joel Embiid should be the MVP. I believe in the beat. I like the Joker. I like his game. It compels me. But I find Joel Embiid a lot more efficient this season. Both players are efficient, but Joel Embiid's rising to MVP stats. He's rising ab above and beyond. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. And I don't know how many people can argue with me on that. I don't know how many people can argue with me. I would love to have someone sit here and try to explain to me that, okay, all that is separating the 76ers record and the Nuggets record, where the Denver Nuggets are better than the 70 Philadelphia 76ers, is a game. It is a one-win Difference. Can we can, can, can we all just understand that? Can we understand that? The Nuggets have been on a free game losing streak. The 76ers have been on a five game win streak. 
Philly's outperforming Denver right now. I wanted to be known that Joel Embiid's been carrying this team from the last season to two seasons ago up till now. I get James Harden's been good. I get it. All the little pieces have been falling into place, but it's been Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid alone. And I, I wish I could vote. I don't have that power, nor am I big enough to be able to secure a vote. But if I had a vote, and I had to put something on my ballot, I would put Joel as MVP because he has done more, he has shown more, and it's not quote-unquote stat padding. Do I think Jokic is stat padding? Maybe, maybe not. Do I think sometimes the process could be um, stat padding? Maybe, maybe not. But the way that he commands the rock, and the way he's just utilizing his seven-foot self speaks volumes. And yes, he's only averaging 33 points. But that's first in the league. And he's ninth in rebounding. But to go above and beyond all of that, he's dropped, he had a 50-point game. He's been making, he, he's shooting 54% from the field. He has a block per game, a steal per game. His fouls, they're whatever. Their turnovers, it's whatever. It's not contributing to anything major. I'm looking at his entire stats. I'm trying to find, I don't know if he's under game logs or not. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I just I want to I want to read you guys March from the second up until now the twelfth or the thirteenth but last last night's game from the second to the twelfth and in those one two three four five six games he's five and one in the month of March he's five and one. He lost on the second. He's won every other game. He's won almost. He's won every single game. But he had 35, 31, 42, 39, 39, 34. MVP numbers. I want to go to February with y'all. 28, 33, 31, 28, 33, I'm sorry, hold on. Oh, let me restart. 28, 33, 31, 28, 35, 37, 23, 29, 32, 27, 41, 27. And I'm not even including the after the All-Star break, he comes out with 27 points, 19 rebounds, 6 assists, 6 blocks, 1 steal. How is that not efficient? 
How is that not spectacular? That is supremely spectacular. Now I just want to tell you guys this. In the month of... In the month of February... I'm sorry, of January... He only had two losses that entire month. And he was having 42, 36, 30, 30, 35, 41, 32, 26, 47, 30. I'm not even... I'm not even adding up all the blocks, all the assists. So, in the month of January, he averaged 35 points. In the month of February, 30. In the month of March, currently 37. In the month of January, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 block, 1 steal. In the month of February, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.5 block, 1 steal. In the month of March, 6 rebounds. 6 assists, 1.4 rebound, or 1.4 block, and 1.4 steals. Now, you may be saying, well, he's dipping. <laughs> yeah, yes and no. He's actually not. He's staying consistent, and he's growing better. He's scoring at an elite level. You show me someone else. That's as impactful as that. And oh, by the way, his field goal percentage is very good. 54% from the field is very, very good. I just want everyone to know that. I just want everyone to know that. I'm pulling on Nikhil Jokic's game split. I, I have to now. I have to. Because I don't think people realize how good both these players are, but how good Joel Embiid truly is. Joel Embiid is, is out of this world. And both guys are 28, by the way. So, one's not older, one's not younger. For anyone I care. I get why people are rooting for Nikhil Jokic. But let's start off with the month of March. He's won two games, lost three. 22.5 points. Okay? Hold on. I'm going to break this down. 18 points, 17 points, 37 points, 35 points. Let's go the month of February. 22, 14, 20, 29, 30, 27, 14. After the All-Star break, 4, 24, 15, 40, 14. Not impressive. The month of January. 30, 24, 12, 28, 14, 21, 17, 36, 31, 25, 24, 26. And I could be going through like, you know, um, I don't know. October, November, December, January. But now I'm only going to do from like February to March. So start back up by February. 14 rebounds, 10 assists, and less than a block and steal. In the month of 
February. Oops, I'm sorry, I forgot to do January. I forgot to do January. My bad, my bad, people. He had 11, 11, and 1 steal per game. Okay, that's mediocre, whatever. When you're comparing it to Joel Embiid. Then the month of March. 13, 13 and a half, 9 and a half, and less than a block and less than a steal. Compare that to what Joel Embiid's doing, it's difficult. It's difficult, and I get it. I get it, some people just don't want to open up to that, but you have to. Joel Embiid is just a better player. He's just a better player. In the month of March, he's only averaging 22.5 points. And, and you're like, well, that's still good. Joel Embiid's averaging 37 in the month of March. And he's 5-1 on a 5-game win streak. I just want that to be now. I'm just trying to add clarity. I'm adding clarity. I think I'm allowed to do that. To me, it's just astounding. It just is. Because when you break it down month by month, he's not getting over 30 points a game. But John Beat is. And I just want to say this. The only reason why we're talking about John, um, oh, the, oh, the, sorry, about Nikhil Jokic over Joel Beat about Nikhil Jokic a lot, it's because the media is forcing it down your throat. That's all we've been talking about is Nikhil Jokic. We want the history. We want Nikhil Jokic to be this bigger-than-life icon, to be the next big thing for the NBA. That's why they're pushing him over John Bede. It's been a very, very widely regarded, heavily discussed topic and debate. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. And I hate to rain on y'all's parade, but it is absolutely the truth. Jordan Bede. He's just performing better. You can't tell me that you're not going to take the guy that got his 11th 40-point night of the season. And what, did it happen like two, game, two nights ago? I, I don't know. It happened. Come on. You don't see... You don't see Jokic doing it this season. And I'm not taking away from Jokic on all the past seasons. I'm just saying that to kill Jokic now, he's not up to the game with Joel Embiid. So to rank Joel Embiid second and keep him to kill Jokic's first is highly robbery and just shows you the bias and what the media and what the NBA is trying to accomplish. Because the stats don't line up, the in-person tape does not line up, nothing lines up. Off the stats and on the stats, it don't line up. I think we can just say that bluntly. I agree with Giannis to a certain extent. I think Giannis is over Nikhil Jokic. Again, there goes that bias. They don't want Giannis to win it. They want Nikhil Jokic to win it. They're trying to make history. Jean beats better. Yaz Antetokounmpo's better. He's averaging 31, 12, and 5 on the season. 
Come on. Really? Come on. I would take Jason Tatum over to kill Jokic. Despite their skid, despite their rough patch, Jason Tatum's doing everything to keep them alive and very well. So, to be honest, I don't think the kill Jokic is worth it that much. I don't see it. I just don't. Do I think it's better than Luka Doncic? Yes. I don't think Luka Doncic is a candidate, but he's not going to win it. He's number five. He's top seven at best. At best. But right now, it is Joel Beats. To take it. Do I think the NBA is going to allow it? Probably not. Do I think the voters are going to allow it? Probably not. But I think the players will recognize it. I think the coaches will recognize it. I think the fans will recognize it. I know a lot of people are going to recognize it. And the only dipsticks that aren't are going to be the voters who are so inept and so blind that they're going to go to Jokic. They're going to be running to the quote-unquote power of Nikhil Jokic. When in fact, he has no power this season if comparing it to the almighty John Bead. And I don't care if you guys call me biased, if you guys call me an idiot. I really don't care because A, I know the game of basketball. Two, I know what it be. I know what it's like to have... An MVP, what it means to have an MVP type player, and what MVP means. I get that definition has been distorted and ripped to shreds and just altered, but truly, understand this MVP means being better than the entire league individually and collectively as a team. He has propelled his team, he has propelled himself. This is the best version of John B. Last season he should have won it. This season he should be able to win it. I'm just saying he should be going for a second MVP. And I think even John B is salty. I think he is. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's disappointed. I think he feels betrayed by the voters. I'm actually sickened. I'm actually second. Because Nikhil Jokic should not be ruling these ladders, these rankings. It should actually be John Bede. And I'm going to continue to say that until I die, until the end of the season. Right? And that's just me being me. You guys take that however you want. I present you guys an information. It's not like I'm saying. Joel B's MVP and discussion. I'm backing it up with this season's stats. I'm backing it up with the NBA standings. I'm backing it up with all these statistics. So it's not like I'm having some idiotic conversation just driven by emotion. No. I'm telling you guys based on the stats, based on what we have seen, and I'm sorry if it does not fit into what the media's narrative have been about to kill Jokic. Or about John Bede. John Bede is the MVP winner. He should be. He should be number one. 
But with that being said, Nikhil Jokic has put up nice stats. And I'm being very generous that I put a one of one. If because I don't think there should be a number two when discussing these two. So if you're gonna do it that way, it's one of one. But I really think it should be Joel Embiid one, Yaz Antetokounmpo two, Jason Tatum three, Nikhil Jokic four, and Luka Doncic five. Where am I wrong? I'm not. Because if you want to bring up Jason Tatum's skid, this rough period, to bring him to kill Jokic, skid and rough period with the Denver Nuggets. Both are facing losing streaks. Both are trying to ride back their team. Both are in hardship territory. So do not give me that lame excuse. It's a lame excuse. Jason Tatum this season is better than Nikhil Jokic. His bag is deeper, his stats are greater, and his play has been beyond Nikhil Jokic's. That is just a simplistic fact. I believe most of us can agree with that. I believe most of us can. So, I don't care if you guys hate me, love me, or neutral with me on these things. Those are my feelings. Those are my feelings. I don't think that Nikhil Jokic is worth all the hype. I don't. I don't think he was worth it last season. I don't think he was worth it this season. I think he got lucky last season. I think this season he's just going to get it because they're trying to satisfy their cravings of fulfilling a narrative. Again, guys, take that how you want. I'm just giving you all the information. The information is for you guys to understand and to all soak in and to pretty much feed your mind on. Just try to understand it better. Believe me, don't believe me, but Nikhil Jokic is at best a number four MVP candidate. He's not number one, he's not number two, he's not number three, he's better than number five, but he's not one to three. He's number four. It goes Joel Embiid first, Giannis second, Jason Tatum third. Number four would then be Kill Jokic. That is my honest to gosh statement. That's all, that's all I really have to say. Okay. That's why I got. That's why I got. Again, guys, love me, hate me, but those are my those are my opinions. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We have less than what fifteen games in the NBA. I know for the Knicks they have over fifteen games. But it's like less than 17, I don't know. But we're, we're, we're finishing up. We're wrapping up soon. Uh, I don't know how many people actually thought the Joker was going to... No, you know what? I actually believe people are going to say Joker's going to be winning MVP. Because it's not wrong. Because it's going to be force-fed by the NBA and their voters.
right? People are just going to say, okay, Joel B's not the MVP. It's Nikhil Jokic. So, yeah. If people say that, it's a true statement because it's going to be put that way. I don't know. And I'm not bare towards Nikhil Jokic. I'm not bare towards any of these guys. I'm just saying how it is. Joel Bead is the MVP. Anyways. Enough with the MVP talk. I do want to shift over with the Kia rookie ladder. I want to look over. So we looked at the Kia MVP. I now want to look at the Kia rookie of the year. And I want to talk about Jalen Williams. Because even though he's on a um, trash team, just is, just his season has gone horribly wrong. If talent. Just so bad this season. I want to talk about some. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been saying this throughout the entire season. I said to y'all, Paulian Panchero, he's number one. He's gonna win. I want him to win. So I agree with NBA.com. About the former first overall pick. About him winning. Because season stats. 26 and free. Since the last ladder per NBA.com. 21 and a half. 5 and a half. And 4. Those are terrific numbers. And before I get to Jalen Williams. Because how many people had Jalen Williams. I didn't have Jalen Williams up there high. And I gave it was a 12th overall pick, but it got lost in the shuffle because OKC was having a rough year and other rookies were getting mainstream tension. But even Paleo, Panchero, he, he, he hasn't gotten as quite as much attention as I like him to get just because he's on Orlando on a different team and the media will be covered 24-7 just like they are with uh, Trash, uh, Julius Randle, but I'm kidding to a certain extent. Not really, but anyways. But you see other guys like Benedict McDonald, uh, uh, Maverin. You see um, with Jane Ivey. You see Keegan Murray. Uh, you see Jabari Smith Jr. It's just, it was actually kind of sad. I'm not going to lie. To be, to be honest, a lot of these guys have been disappointments. Like... The people that I'm looking at right now is Pele Panchero, Jalen Williams, and Walker Kessler. Well, hold on. I I want to get to I want to get to Jabari Smith Jr. because he's been the biggest disappointment this season. And I get it that he's on the Rockets, so I can't fault him. I can't blame him entirely. And he has to he has to play under Steven Silas. So I'm sorry for that. Such a bad coach. I hope he gets fired. He should be on the hot seat. He hasn't done much. And he treats him differently. He treats him differently than everyone else. I don't know. Then, I think I was also Sagoon. Because people were saying that on social media a couple of weeks ago. I believe it was with Sagoon. People were, he was just attacking Sagoon for no reason. And giving our people a pass. 
So a lot of people were saying I was reading, I was listening and reading the to interviews and just on the press conferences. But it's been pretty disappointing with the Rockets, but it's the Rockets. But especially Jabari Smith Jr. Also I just have to look up uh Sigun real quick. Because I'm 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 curious. Yeah, second year player is averaging fourteen, eight and four per game. And almost a steal and block per game as well. It does actually very good. Just he's with the um Rockets, so don't expect much. But no, so you look at Jabari Smith Jr., he's putting together twelve, seven, and one. Since the last ladder, ten and a half, five, and less than assists per game. It's mediocre, like it's actually kind of pathetic if you, if you think about it. I don't know. It's just really sad. Like he was a he was a third overall pick in this past draft. It's just. You would think he would get more touches. He would just be able to hit more shots. You know, like, I thought something big was going to happen. But he has just been absolutely an incredible disappointment. And people were upset that he didn't go number one. That he was picked over. And that Paleo was picked over him. I don't know. I like Paleo. Jabari, it's whatever. Like, it's just his rookie season. They're not bad rookie stats. But enough saying to consider him a top five rookie of the year candidate. And I think that's fair. I, I think that's fair. I, I think I would put Jalen Duran, who plays on Detroit Pistons, former 13th overall pick. I think I would put him over Jabari Smith. And I get that Jamar Smith Jr. is better statistically, but I, I, I would take Jalen Duran over Jamar Smith Jr. And you guys can react to that however you want. That's just my honest opinion right now. And I get that he's not highly favorable right now, but that's just where I'm at. So my main guys right now are Paleo, Jalen, and Walker Kessler. I, I do like Benedict Maverin. His season stats are 17-4-1, but since the last ladder, he went down to 12-3-1. So, I don't know, he took a little bit of a dip. He is the uh, number uh, he is the sixth overall pick in his past draft. I don't know. Just, I know, Paleo Pancho is going to win it. That's an easy lock. He's winning, he's averaging 26-3 per game. If he does not win it, I'll be shocked. Now, Jill Williams, woo, buddy, he's rising to the top. He had, he's been averaging a quiet 13-4-3. And he's been a averaging extra quiet since the last ladder per NBA.com, 25-5-5. I want to let you know that he's the former 12th overall pick. And on the last ladder per NBA.com, on NBA.com, he was number four. 
And he actually replaced uh, Benef Mav uh, Benedict Maverin. He was number two. Warcos was number three. Who was number four? Who was number four? I, I think I'm just blind here. Hold on, give me a second. I honestly don't. You know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah, number four was taken over by Walker Kessler, so. Look. Pedro Pantero, he's, he's the easy number one. Now, where it gets tricky is if Jalen Williams keeps playing, uh, just going berserk, just going crazy. I think that's where it gets interesting. I don't know if he'll get recognized as much because his team's failing, but Orlando is failing as well. And the Thunder, in my opinion, have a better chance to make the playing tournament than the Magic. I think people are going to be starting picking up on him. I wouldn't see why not, to be honest. I like Jalen Williams. He, I didn't have um being a... To be honest, I didn't see him coming in and lighting up the world as he did. I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Okay, so I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't have Jalen Williams. I thought he was going to be a good addition. I thought it was going to be a good piece for OKC because this is something that they needed to strengthen the 4 and the 5. But I didn't think that he was going to be a top 3 candidate, let alone a top 2 candidate. Top 10? Sure. Top 7? Sure. Top 2? Dang, I wasn't wasn't expecting that. Because November, he played two games. He averaged 9 points. In November, I'm, I'm sorry, in October, in November, he averaged 10 points. 3 rebounds and 2 assists. And then December, he starts picking it up. A quiet 12, 4, and 2. And then, okay, he's pick, he picking it up in January, 13, 4 and a half and 3. Then February, okay, he's now starting to cook it. 15, 5 and 4, okay. Then now he's coming in here on a four-game win streak after losing at the start of March. First game start of March. He's averaging 23, 5 and 4 and a half. He came in with these numbers. 24, 20, 32, 17, 21. I'm going to say this. Pelopancho should be scared if, if we find out that he's averaging 25, 5, and 5 come the next week or two. Or he's ramping that up to 26, 5.5, 5.5. Something like that. Because he's closing in on 5.5 assists per game. He's at exact five rebounds per game, and he's closing at twenty five and a half per uh, points per game. He's currently at twenty five point three. But that's gonna be the biggest, biggest challenge, biggest challenge. Dan Panchero winning this, Panchero can win it. But I, I think Panchero's definitely lock of Jalen Williams because it's all about late season pushes. It really is. And Jalen Williams is fighting like heck 
to keep himself alive in this. He's done a very good job. He's put himself on the radar. And this is going to be something that people are going to be watching out for. He's definitely going to be on one of the all-rookie teams. He's going to be on, I think he can be a first. He's going to be a first, he's going to be on the first team. I definitely believe that. I were second. But, the Magic, they're 28 and 40. They need, their own, well, they're only three and a half games out of the playing tournament behind the Bulls. But then if you come over here to the Thunder, the Thunder are in the playing tournament. They kicked out the Lakers. Well, the Lakers and them have the same record, but technically Thunder are in tenth. So I'm just going to say this, guys. The Thunder are in the playing tournament. He keeps putting momentum like this. And this team is still trying to find their groove. The Thunder have been trash in many elements of the season, many periods of the season, but they're forming, they're coagulating, they're gelling together. And they're turning into a pretty decent team. And that's been elevating the play of Jalen Williams. And I do, let me just say this, I, I really like the team of that the Thunder are constructing. Vushigo Alexander, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren is on his team right now. Oh, buddy. If Chet Holmgren... Man. He was the second overall pick. He was second overall pick. And he hurt... I think he hurt his foot. When guarding LeBron James in one of those exhibition games. If I remember that correctly. But if Chet Holmgren was playing, he would be number two right now. Not Jalen Williams. So it says a lot. It does. So you get to see the breakout of Jalen Williams, which is actually pretty cool. And then you come over to Lou Dorse. So you have a pretty good team with, a, with an okay-ish bench. Like the bench is, I'm not going to say it's like one of the most solid things in the world, like Fort Knox, but it's up there. But no, Jalen Williams, he's making a strong push. Quiet, but now it's growing strong. He's starting to create waves in that ocean. He's starting to disrupt the flow and the guaranteed shot of Paolo Panchero win Rookie of the Year. So he's creating some disruption. And Benek Maverin, he's, he's up and down for me. I need him to be averaging 20 per game. 24 and 4, I'll accept that. I just don't see him winning it. I think, I don't think Walker Kessler is going to be winning it, but the dude's averaging 13.5 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game, and 4.5 uh, blocks per game. Safe to say that he's doing very well this season. So he's top three. I think you can kick out Benedict Maverin. The number five, Jane Ivey. Sure, keep him there. He's averaging 15, 4, or 5 on the season. He's getting 17, 4, and a half, 7 per game since the last ladder. Um, Keegan Murray, meh, no. Now, Jeremy Sokan, who plays for the San Antonio Spurs, yeah, sure, he's been averaging 10, 5, and 2 per, uh, on the season per game. But since the last ladder, he's averaging 18, 9.5, 2. 
So he's he's easily a number five. He's an easy number five candidate. I think you could kick out Jane Ivy and swap him. I think it would I think it would go Polio, Jalen, Walker, uh, Jeremy number four. I'm gonna put Jeremy at number four. And then Benedict at number five. But number four and number five are pretty much merged together because they're both been up and down. But the trend has been upward for Jeremy Sohan. And his guy, I think his performance is just because of his crazy hair. Like, the dude's always changing his hair. For better or for worse, he's got some. He always he said he wanted to, um... So he said that he wanted to, um... Spice up his hair and express his true self through there. He definitely is. And I'm not digging that because he's got some cool hairstyles. He's got some whole cool hair color. But something very, very interesting to say the least. But that's pretty much how I'm feeling. That's pretty much how I'm feeling. I think it's, I think it's a runaway shot if Paulo Panchero isn't getting cough guard by Jan Williams. I think Paulo Panchero can win it all. If Jan Williams doesn't keep averaging 25-5-5. I would love Jan Williams coming. I want Pedro Panchero to win it. Because I think he deserves it. But if you see Jan Williams balling out like that. Do you know how much that's going to do? Because Pedro Panchero. He's already in there. But to be a former 12 overall pick. To be a 12 overall rookie. Come on. You get rookie of the year. Now you're on the map. Now teams are taking you more seriously. And even your own team are taking you seriously. And they can see your development. I, I hope he does win it. I want Polly and him to win it. But it's going to be very close. You got Walker. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got Walker. You got Jerry Sohan. Jerry Sohan is very interesting. I think Jerry Sohan could be a free. If he continues. If he gets like 18-10 and free per game, he's easily free. He could kick out Walker Kessler. Then it is what it is from beyond there. Right? So I find that very interesting. I find that very, very interesting indeed. But Jerry Jan Ivy, he's a solid five six on a candidate. I, I couldn't see anything against that. I couldn't. So I find this all very, very interesting. I do. Those are my mini expectations. Those are like my mini predictions. I think it should be Joel B and Paolo Panchero. But I think it could be really fun if Jay Williams comes and makes this interesting. As he already is. As he already is. So I'm gonna keep up with these ladders. I'm gonna keep talking about this. I'm gonna have this on the website in the audio form. I don't know if I'm gonna make an article about this, but I'll definitely let you guys know from the podcast. Tomorrow I'll be breaking down the rest of the awards. I don't care if that takes me to an hour and a half, but it is what it is because it's such great content because these players are just balling out, giving us such great content, such great things to talk about. So I'm happy for Jalen Williams. To be honest, I did not have Jalen Williams on my bingo card to be a top three candidate. I'm going to be blunt. I don't think many people did. He got quiet, but now he's starting to make, he's about to make, he's making big stormy waves. He really is. So, congrats for him. Win or lose, I think that people are going to recognize him more. And I think that the Chet Holmgren injury, while sad for Chet and for the Thunder, 
despite them being in the Pine Tournament. Yes, it's a setback, but this was a great blessing in disguise, a great opportunity in disguise for Jalen Williams. I truly do believe that. I truly do believe that. So I'm happy for Jalen Williams. I wish him the best of luck. Same for Pelo Panchero. Same for Joel Beef. Same for all of these guys. And folks, with that being said, I'm going to be signing off now. I already covered the MVP Rookie of the Year. Tomorrow we have Deploy. We got Head Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year. We have all these different awards. And yeah, guys, I'm going to keep updating you guys and monitoring it throughout the rest of the season. And I just wanted to do something a little different. The news and breaking news around the league, there wasn't really that much. And I thought, you know what, it'll be a great time to talk about the awards because it's happening right here, right now. And it's getting really, really spicy. It's getting really, really interesting. Some guys are exceeding very well, and some guys are just simply blowing it away, like Jabari Smith Jr. It's not technically blowing it away because those aren't bad rookie stats. But still, they're not impressive by the likes of Jalen Williams, Walk Kessler, and Paolo Panchero. Walk Kessler is impressive with four and a half blocks. I don't care what anyone says. I think he's an automatic winner if he's able to get 13 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 blocks per game. I would find that the sickest thing ever. I would love that. Plus, you also got to remember, he was your Western Conference Rookie of the Month. You have to remember that. So there's a lot to be said for that. I think Palo Panchero was also a part of... I think he was the Western? Or I'm sorry, the Eastern? Hold on, I'm pulling it up because I'm pretty sure I did an article on that. I could have sworn it was him. Because I know Walker Kessler was there, obviously, but... Just give me a second. I have to I have to scroll. Yeah, Pelo Panchero. That came out a week ago. Man, time goes by really fast. Pretty crazy when you guys think about that. The Jazz and the Magic got really good pieces. The Funner got a really good piece. Absolute sandy guys. Well, I won't keep you guys here for too much longer. I'm going to be signing off. Thank y'all for watching or listening to the end. Unless you are on YouTube podcast and you're looking at the screen for an hour, a little over an hour. I appreciate that. Until next time, guys. Uh, the grind is real for these players. The grind is real for us as fans, as analysts, and commentators of the game that we all love. Until then, guys. Peace out. Um, that's all I got. I'll see you tomorrow with the rest of my predictions and breaking it down with my beautiful knowledge. Anyways, peace out.